Let's go, boys. The Street Press Podcast with Sean Fraser. For a start, there are not enough white men doing podcasts. I've got to always support that when that comes along. I was talking to a mate today at a baby queue. We didn't cook a baby. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that yeah. was. I just want to thank you. Yeah, no, it was me. He wouldn't shake our hand until he finished putting on his glove. Imagine what he's like during the pandemic. <laughs> well, I got you here for the podcast after your big night last oh. night, so I'm stoked with that. I get a thrill knowing that you're doing what you're doing. That's good. Well, I don't know what I'm doing today. We're just sort of just winging it. Did you moon Kylie Minogue? Yeah. Hey there, welcome to the Street Press Podcast. My name is Sean Fraser. What a week. Um, the passing of Queen Elizabeth II. Now, whether you're a monarchist or not, it's, it's, uh, it's huge news. It uh, doesn't get much bigger than that. As some of you know, I work in radio and I was driving along the M1 heading towards Sydney for work. I get up at about 2.30 in the morning and I heard it come across the airwaves from the BBC uh, that the Queen had passed. And obviously my job away from this podcast is a journalist. I'm a newsreader. So I was writing in my own head as I'm driving what I was going to say on air and parked my car at the station, straight up the elevator, straight into the studio. We cut the song that was on. I was given the unfortunate task of letting everyone know on WSFM that the Queen had passed away uh, on September 9th. Friday, September 9th, and uh, a lot of people were shocked, and she had a big impact on a lot of people, and uh, an end of an era, and long live the king, I think they're saying now, so King Charles is in. Anyways, we'll get into the podcast. This episode today is such a special one. It's a really special one for me because the guy that I'm going to have on, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have become a journalist. I would have had a completely different life, I believe, if I didn't bump into this guy. His name is Kevin Bull. He's a photographer, but he's also the owner of a magazine. Reverb Street Press was a free mag that you could pick up from the Central Coast right up through Byron Bay on the east coast of New South Wales. And that's where I got my start as a journo. And even when I look back and think about how I met Kevin, it's just such a such a strange funny way. It was such a sliding doors moment. I was only 18, 19, and I had no idea what I was going to do with my life. I was working in retail, and I remember it vividly. I'm walking towards these big glass doors at the shopping center, and this guy shouts out to me, and I'm like wondering who this guy is. He he introduces himself. He says, my name is Kevin Bull. I own and I write in a magazine called Reverb. Like I said, a sliding doors moment. Ever since that day, that chance encounter, I've been a journalist ever since. And I can't even picture my life not doing what I do. And it's all because of that one day that I bumped into him. And um, we've stayed in contact and friends for 15 years now. It's been a long time. And it's been such a good time as well. Actually, when I got this podcast together, Kevin Bull was the first person that I called. And I said, mate, I've got this idea. Can I take you out to lunch and we'll discuss it? So we went to the to the pub <laughs> and we had a few schooners and we uh, we enjoyed a steak. And I, I said to him, mate, I want to do what I was doing with Reverb Magazine, interviewing um, artists, but this time I want to do it in a podcast format so that uh, you know people can listen to it. And he was all for it. And he was sort of giving me some some emails or some people I can get in contact with so I can get a few artists on here. We were going through the idea of it all and um, he was really helpful from the get-go. So then I said to him, well, I'm going to have to get you on the podcast. So a couple of days later after our 
boozy lunch. Kev came around my house and we, we started chatting about Reverb magazine and the beginnings of the magazine that started my career and so many other people as well have Kevin Bull to thank. We spoke about a new live venue that opened up on the Central Coast during the pandemic. He likes to go there and, you know, snap as many bands as possible. We talk about the success of the magazine, how it started out in Newcastle actually, and then it's Spread like wildfire, it went to the Central Coast and then it was picked up all the way up to Byron Bay. We speak about the questions that you shouldn't ask as a journo and even when you're told not to ask those questions, why sometimes you should. And we talk about research as journos um, and how you can dig around and find some incredible information. Obviously, September 11 has just passed on Sunday, the anniversary there, and Kevin found something in his digging which linked the falling man and the village people together. All of that to come. So here it is, my interview with Kevin Bull, the man, the myth, the legend, the owner of Reverb Magazine. Are you a little bit hungover? Uh, <laughs> I know you got some random message off me, didn't you, uh, yesterday afternoon? Yeah. Yeah, no, I spent a few extra hours at the Lincoln Pen in Woi Woi that I was not expecting. I tried to get down there twice a weekend and it, it's come to the point where it doesn't matter who the artist is, but most times I've been there, I've, I've always enjoyed the artists that are playing there and that can range from more harder punk style of music. But last night was... Alt indie, but the shows I've been to where you feel it's quite full and you've got to sort of work your way through people. I did a quick head count just out of curiosity and got to about 80. So it's a tiny place. Lovely people there too, you know, okay, just the people who are serving you, the guy behind the bar is always up for a chat. They're doing a good thing for getting artists here into the coast. And we're, we're going to live music again. It's just so good. Doesn't matter where it is, does it? It just feels like we've been held back. Well, we have we've been held back with that side of things and not being able to see it. That now that it's on offer, it's like, just give it to me. Yeah, that's why I sort of I put this podcast together. I mean, it's all about music. It's about getting people together and getting people on here and chatting about things. Now, there's probably people listening right now and they're like, well, who's Kevin? <laughs> and yeah. uh, let's tell the story of how you and I sort of met. I think it's quite a funny one. Um, I'm walking to the the shops about 18 as i'm about to walk through the glass doors i get this sean hey and i look over and it's you i was doing some writing for might have been the brag but i was doing a central coast newcastle columns and things and i knew that your band was breaking up that's right and that's why i called out to you and that day you've come you, you after shouting out my name i've looked over and i, I said oh who's this, who's this? <laughs> and then you spoke to me about this writing and writing an article about the band and i, I thought wow he's going to do this about the band and then i thought how do i do something yeah. like that that question gets asked quite often to say to me whether it's with photography or writing or getting involved in this side that side of things and um as you found out, there's, there's no real trick to it. You just got to ask and yeah. um, things will open up and the opportunity can be there if you're passionate to want to do it. That's right. And we're, we're sitting there in that conversation out the front of the shopping centre and I remember saying to you, I was like, how do I get to do what you're doing? Actually, at that point, I hadn't even like touched pen to pad since high school. So this is how out of it I was. And then I bump into you that day I start quizzing you about this thing and you say, give me your email. I gave yep. you my email and then it just went from there. I think it was about three, four weeks later, you send me an email and you say, there's a 
gig on at the Uni Bar Round Bar Roundhouse in Sydney, and it's Bullet for My Valentine. Would you review the gig? And I was like, okay, so what do I do? And you're like, you just go to the gig, yeah, you know, you get in free, you know. That was enough for me. I was like, what? What do you mean? And you can take a mate too if you're <laughs> yeah, lucky. You get exactly. A plus one. <laughs> get a get a plus one. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, wow. So I go down there. I remember catching the train, and I caught the train down with some old school friends, and they'd all um, they were talking about the tickets on the train. They're like, uh, oh yeah, have you got your ticket? And I said, I don't have a ticket. And <laughs> looking back, at it, it's so funny because I said, I don't need one. And they said, what do you mean? I said, oh, well, I'm going to the gig. Um, I, I met this bloke at a shopping centre. Um, and <laughs> he's just handing out free tickets. <laughs> and he's, he's, he wants me to write about this gig. All I've got to do is write about this gig, um, take a friend with me, and um, I give him the article and I get into the gig free. And they were like, that sounds, that's pretty good. Good deal. I got to the gig and I remember I go up the stairs to the roundhouse and I'm looking down at the bands that are playing and the security guard taps me on the shoulder, goes to me, you, are you coming in? And I'm sitting there looking at the, you know, it's like the backstage, not just the VIP, like it's the yeah, backstage. Through the back, yeah. I said, what do you mean? And he goes, you know, you're media. That was a good one, that. I suppose for anyone that wants to be uh, a journal or, or write stories or, you know, work in the media, it was such an incredible first showing. And you've continued that. A lot of people I've opened the door to and they've gone in and done three reviews and then they've disappeared. So opening that door, you decided to step further and, and do what you're doing now, which is awesome. And I, I, I get a thrill knowing that you're doing what you're doing. That's good. Well, I don't know what I'm doing today uh, <laughs> with, the, uh, with the whole podcast. We're just sort of just winging it. Uh, obviously, you went on to create Reverb Magazine, acquire it. It was only new when you, when you bought it? Yeah, Reverb started in print in 2006. It was started by a printing company called Spot Press. So they developed this magazine and put the staff in and spent a ton of money getting it sorted. And they lasted 12 months. And right. I, I think they just didn't get the return from it that they expected from their investment and they were bailing out. Wow, so it was nearly So it was gone. Yeah. Well, it was going to go. Yeah. And during that time, I started writing for Reverb. So I was sort of aware of what was happening and I got the heads up that, hey, this could be our last issue and I sort of asked to talk to the guy who owned it and let's try to work out a way of keeping it going. And so, so you're just going to jump into this venture. What did you know about magazines? Oh, I knew that I read a lot of magazines. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I was much like you and a lot of other people. I'd leave all, read all the street press. I bought Rolling Stone, you know, I tried to keep up on what was happening. You know, I've always loved going to live music, so it was just part of what I did. Yep. The actual publishing publishing side of it, ah, look, I sat in for a little while with, to see how it all operated before I bought it, and it all seemed pretty straightforward, to tell you the truth. Yeah. Yeah. There wasn't a moment where you just went in there on that day when you were seeing how, yeah. how it worked, and you yeah. just went, oh, shit, what have I done? No, 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 because all the roles, and essentially when I walked in there, all the roles and the major roles of producing that magazine were being done by other people. So I just let them continue with what they were doing and basically learnt how to lay a paper out. You know, I learnt the applications, worked out how I could help behind the scenes in producing the magazine. So that's where I sort of started, more of a production role. From, say, Central Coast all the way up to Byron Bay on the East Coast, yeah. the whole East Coast of New South Wales was covered with reverb magazines in, in most shops. Mm -hmm. um, where did it start, though? It wasn't always that size. No, it? no, no, no. It started just as Newcastle. 
that was it. Once I started doing the Central Coast section, which was only six months after the thing started, we started distroing down into Central Coast. The whole move north came probably a year after I purchased it. It was a friend of a friend. He'd expressed a bit of interest of being involved in it. Gavin had talked to Steve up in Ballina and he said, oh, that sounds cool. I'd love to be able to get involved. So I simply contacted him and said, look, I've had this idea of having a North Coast manager. We hired him. He was on a, he traveled so much. His, his area was Queensland, uh, Queensland, New South Wales border. And he would travel all the way down to Port Macquarie or even further. When we had our magazines and we delivered them to him, he was then on the road for five, six days, just working his way down the coast, talking to everyone and heading back. So it was a big commitment. But um, it was wonderful to have such a wide-ranging uh, distro area because a lot of the tours, what the benefit was and the thought behind doing that was, yeah, we can, we can promote and advertise a show who's playing in Newcastle, right? Mm. British India playing in Newcastle. Yeah. We want to get them to pay for an advertising or an advert and they go, oh, but yeah, we're going to spend X amount of money, but the only people who are in show it's going to benefit is the Newcastle show. Right. So it's like, right. You're also playing in Coffs and Port and you've got yeah. six other shows up the, the East Coast. So their likelihood of spending $500 on an advert for six shows is a lot higher than spending it for one show. The amount of artists that we get through, there were, there were young up-and-comers. They were great to interview, but yeah. then you had, like for me, I remember having Eric from Mill and Colin, oh, Swedish yeah. punk band. Yeah. Um, Eric on the phone. Eric called the home phone and it's just, just like, that's crazy. Like, yes. that's madness for me. He knows your number yeah. now. <laughs> my, well, mum's home number now. Yeah. And the phone goes off and I pick up and I just remember hearing Eric's voice on my mum's home phone and, oh, that, that lights a fire inside. Yeah. You go, I can't believe it. When you stop and take a step back, you, you can get a little bit lost in the idea of, my goodness, uh, what, what's happening yeah. here. Sometimes as journos or when you work in the media, you get told um, by these PR people and they'll say, look, you can interview this oh, yeah. person, but. but you can't say certain things. Mm -hmm. And I remember you telling me this story once. You were talking to the guys from the village people. Is that right? Uh, um, GI from the village people. The It was an original. And um, so did all the research and, and looking up. Um, bit of a background of who this guy was before and during and what, what they're doing. And I stumbled across a connection between himself, uh, a family member and 9-11. And it wasn't pieced out in black and white in anything I could find. Didn't, didn't matter where, how I searched and what I could look for in interviews, I never saw that he's one of his family members, his brother, was a victim in 9-11. And not just a victim, there's a very famous photograph called um, The Falling Man. It's of what's turned out to be his brother falling out of the building. Uh, and yeah, it's I've this mad photograph. Everything pieced together, the, the, the history and the family members of The Falling Man were from exactly the same part of the America as the guy from the village people, the same number of siblings. You had a look at father's work and they were the same everything seemed to be the same and matched up but i couldn't get 100 percent. so i had that question it's, it's that, and you that, put it to him i i put it to him i, I <laughs> and i gave him the option to bail out of it i was 99 percent sure i was right yeah. i knew you went with your gut yeah it would have but you also have the fact you backed your own research I, that's what i did i, I kept 
I was looking for things to tell me it wasn't. That's what it got down to. Everything I could find, I, it just seemed to piece together. And how did he take it? He, he was fine. He, he didn't spark up or anything like that. He just, just acknowledged that, yes, it was. Um, and he, he didn't really elaborate much on that. And I, I then followed that up with just more of a general 9-11 sort of question yeah. that was about how, how that's affected you in the, in, in the years since that. And, and, so, and then moved on to something lighter. I know that's, that was such a touchy subject to, to, to talk about, but it's always good for a listener or a reader to get something new from the artists that they might not necessarily have yeah. known about them. And that's what it's all about, right? Yeah, yeah look, uh, whenever the interviews are on, it's normally a cycle because they've got a song out or an album out, and that's basically what the interview is all about. So um, looking at a different way or an angle about the new album, whether it's just the difference between the recording process of the previous albums to this one or why have you changed producers or you, you're digging down further until you can get a bit of a unique angle to um, the interview and, and getting a different response maybe from him. But, yeah, most times, most times it sort of works out fine. I've had some nasty interviews that didn't go well. Let's talk about those ones. <laughs> have you had anyone hang up on you? <laughs> no, I, I didn't insult anyone to that point. <laughs> no, no, I didn't get any hang-ups. I, I think, uh, and I've spoken to you about this one when I um, spoke to Nick a uh, little more. From Penau, and he was in um, London at the time and the, the, the timing of the interview was really poor where the call came in at like 8am London time and he'd just finished done a gig the night before so he answered the phone by waking up. He woke up, rolled over, picked up and I was on the phone. Okay. And he didn't want to talk to no one. Yeah. <laughs> And, and that, that's bad on his part. That's bad on his part because, you know, you, um, you shouldn't take, you know, any opportunity to promote any sort of material for granted, mm. you know. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, there's got to be that level of respect that you've got to have. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I'd be too happy to be woken up at 8 in the morning after being pissed the night before. <laughs> but, yeah, well, I got you here for the podcast after your big night last oh. night, so I'm stoked with that. That's all right. I've been up now, what, two hours now? So I'm sort of going all right. <laughs> I've, I've dusted it all off. Um, reverb's no longer anymore. In an online capacity, though, is it? It's, yeah, yeah. Online, it's still sort of fine, happening. I, I need to keep it going online. That's how I feel about it. We, we stayed in print about until about 2012, I think it was, 2013, and basically the advertising budget just fell away. There was very little money. Like, well, we needed X amount of sales each month to ensure that we could print and pay people. And then somewhere in 2012, GFC, it just went upside down and there was nothing I could work out to change it, how, how to fix this up. And essentially what I could see is, say, uh, uh, Tours got a budget of X amount of money and that's got to cover radio, print and all the other. When social media advertising started raising its head, they didn't increase that budget to now include X for social media. Right. Yeah. They just used the same cake and shifted the money around and print media lost and more went into social media. You saying that makes sense in my head as in does. of when you look at you know, it's 2022 now, yeah. everyone's just looking at their phones, that's all they're doing. It's still so sad, you mm. know, because, because I listen to the bands I love and I like listening to them through, you know, Spotify, Apple Music, whatever. But I do like to have the 
the CD too. Or I do yeah. like to have the vinyl, the physical. Yeah. And I suppose why I'm saying that is I've still got all the reverbs and I still like to flick through and read the interview. Yeah. And I like to read the review with, with it in my hands. The phone's a little different, but maybe not everyone has that. <laughs> that experience and yeah. that, you know, we have the experience of having lived with it yeah. and now it's not there. So we have this fondness and memory of, of what it's like. Um, the young kids, newer mm. generation, don't necessarily have that learned experience and that memory. Well, um, they're building cars without CD players now. You know, there's no CD players in the new cars. So, oh, isn't there? You know? <laughs> I suppose and, they've gone the way of the 8-track. That's yeah. what's happened. Yeah. Oh. Well, it's good to know it's not completely gone. No, 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 no. Reverb I, I, is still very much online. People yeah. can check it out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, no, I think I need to keep it there. It, it's a bit of what I do. Yeah. So I need to have it there. I'd feel a bit lost if that wasn't there. And it gives me the opportunity to go out and shoot shows. So I'll, I'll take it as that. Thanks for having a chat, Kev. You do great things for the scene. Ever, ever since I've met you, you've had it in your blood and your bones, like music. It's all about music. You love it so much. You care not only for the, uh, you, you know, you, you interview the village people and you love that, but you love the local scene. You love local bands. That's how we met. Yeah. You really helped me, help me out my career. Um, it, it's been a blessing meeting you. So, And, and it's so cool that we're, here we are. In the lounge room at my house. It is nice. All those years later, and I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm pleased we've kept this relationship and connection together because yeah. it is very easy that these things slide and we, we start focusing on our what, what's the bigger picture and our yeah. own careers and where we're heading. And So I'm pleased. I'm, I'm very pleased. grateful you gave me a career. So um, Not a problem. And, and it's so good to have you as, like, you know, one of the first interviews on the podcast. Yay. So, uh, yes. ladies and gentlemen, it's Kevin Bull. Hey, check him out at Reverb Online. What's the website? Uh, Reverb Street Press. Just type that in. You'll find it. Reverb Street Press. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Kevin Bull. Thank you very much, Sean. There he is, Kevin Bull. And I don't say that lightly. He really did give me a career. I don't know what I'd be doing if I didn't have that chance encounter with him at the shopping centre all those years ago. Thanks for jumping on, Kev. And there's another part of that interview that we didn't even really touch on, actually. Kevin started out as a photographer. So before the magazine was around, he was already taking photos of bands and that's sort of what inspired him to, I suppose, create a music magazine. He loves rock photography. He is very good at it and he actually has a photography workshop on tomorrow night. It is at the Parkhouse in Kibble Park in Gosford on the Central Coast. It's part of the Central Coast Music Festival, which is running at the moment. It just kicked off this week. So if you want to check it out, 6pm, Parkhouse, Kibble Park, Gosford. Say hello to Kevin Bull. Um, He's an absolute legend. All right, it's time for this. Yeah, this is the part where you write into the podcast. You can air your grievances. You can uh, say hello. You can give me some criticism on the podcast. Whatever you want to say, really. I'll just bloody read it out. This one's from Shane Cox. Uh, he's talking about the Steve Kilby episode, which was on two weeks ago today. He says, nice interview, man. SK, in fine form. He sounds like a very happy man. You're not wrong. He definitely seems to be loving life at the moment. Still uh, over 40 years in the music industry, and uh, the church have just released a new single, Hypnagogue. So uh, he's staying busy. He's writing songs, which we love watching him do. And uh, I really loved that episode. It was uh, it was good fun, him showing me around his house and uh, showing me his artwork. 
it was uh, it was really good. It was an honour to be able to be shown all of that. Also, you don't have to just write on into the podcast. You can also hit up the Ritzy Kids Band on Instagram and write anything there. Uh, Hayden Emery he says, "Come play at the Cranbark Pub. Never been there, but I would love. I love a good country pub. They are the best kind of pubs. You know the ones where you just rock up and the schnitzel's like eight bucks instead of being like thirty. That's a good pub." And the schooners are $5 and not 10 We are talking Sydney price comparisons to uh, country New South Wales. I understand that. But uh, love a country pub. Would love to play at the Cranbark pub. Thanks for writing in. Uh, as for the band, the Ritzy Kids, we uh, obviously have got this debut show coming up at the Bridge Hotel in Roselle. It's on Friday, September 30. We are jamming tonight and uh, we are sounding pretty tight, if I, I must say. I mean, we have been jamming for over a year now. If you're going to come along, it's going to be really special because there are five singles out by the Ritzy Kids at the moment, which you can go and listen to, feel free to. But we are playing like seven new songs. So like the set list is going to be basically a bunch of new songs as well as the stuff that you might have already heard if you have been following the band. If you want to grab tickets to that gig, go to theritzykids.com. It's going to be spectacular. Also, tomorrow night, I am playing solo again. These solo gigs are starting to come through, which have been (laughs) really quite a surprise because the last year or two I've taken time away from my solo stuff to focus on the band, but a few gigs have come in which I just haven't said no to. And tomorrow night, the Crowbar, Leichhardt, I'm going to be supporting Reese Maston. Uh, apparently the tickets are already in the 300s. There's not many left. So that is going to be an, a fantastic night. I'll uh, give you an update next week on the podcast and let you know how that all went. And I think that's it. That's it for this week. Hopefully you enjoyed episode number eight. Is that is that where we're up? Yes, that's where we're up to. Episode number eight. Okay, thanks for having me. Hopefully have you here. Same time next week. Ta-da. Ta-da.